Shlomo and the basement of the semi-pro. How are we doing, Mr. Glass? I am well. It's a beautiful Wednesday in uh, the last day of September. Oh, it is. Uh, we My start gosh. spooky season tomorrow, man. Couldn't be what? more excited. So are people going to have like Halloween gathering? I don't know. Uh, as we live in the time of COVID, Mm-hmm. Uh, the smart thing to do would, uh, I don't even want to say the smart thing, the uh-huh. responsible thing There we go. would be to, uh, probably if you're going to gather, do a mm-hmm. small gathering. Yeah. Hopefully the weather is nice. You can be outside, have a little Absolutely. fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I've can seen some pretty the- creative, uh, candy handout tubes on Ooh. the Twitterverse. Yep. So that's, down. that's been kind of uh, fun to see. Mm-hmm. The convenient thing about Halloween, as you probably can guess, you're supposed to wear a mask. That's so, right. So, hey, you know what? See a couple people in a spooky ghost mask. You'd be like, hey, way to follow protocol. Bravo. I see That's you. it. I know. I, I'm excited to see how creative the kids are this year uh, with uh, the costumes throughout the neighborhood and um, you know, whatever you see on Twitter and there's, mm-hmm. there's always the, uh, the fun videos that come out on the news afterwards. So should be, uh, should be a good one. I'm excited for the, the month of October to start. Absolutely. Well, let's dive right into it. The Minnesota Vikings week number three looked like a different football team, uh, from a positive perspective. We looked great. Uh, well, I don't know if great's the right word to use. We looked a lot better than the first two weeks. We did come out on the losing end, though, 31-30 to versus the Tennessee Titans. A couple things that caught my eye this game. Obviously, the emergence of our rookie, Justin Jefferson, out of LSU. What what is that dance he does? Is it called the Giddy? The Gritty. The Gritty. Okay. Does that have any – what is – is it like significance? Uh, Gritty is a recording artist. Uh, Okay. I believe a dance he may have done in a video. Okay, uh, well, there you so go. Justin Jefferson has brought that to the receiver room uh, with Minnesota. I don't know if you <laughs> see Adam Thielen trying <laughs> I to see that. His, his gritty and uh, definitely not up to the caliber of, uh, of JJ there. Yeah, he got some backlash on uh, Twitter from some fellow cornerbacks in the league that I saw who went to LSU, so that was pretty funny to see. But, yeah, Justin Jefferson, heck of a day, seven catches, 175 yards and a touchdown, nine targets. Massive 71-yard bomb that he made a couple defenders miss with while he went waltzed into the end zone. I was super pumped to see this, and there was a bold prediction. I don't know if we discussed this yet, but there's a bold prediction on ESPN. They go through every year before the season that Justin Jefferson is going to have as close of a year, as close of a rookie year from a productive standpoint uh, to Randy Moss that you can have. And I was like, there's just no way. To fill Stefan Diggs' shoes is one thing, but to be as good as Randy right off the bat is an ex- an extremely hard thing to do. And he, but he showed some flashes. He's got some swag. He's young. Did you were you uh, pretty pumped to see his play? Yeah, it's it's always fun to see. Um, you know, throughout camp, coaches, uh, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, uh, really everyone was talking about how 
pure of a receiver Justin Jefferson is. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, and Cousins talked about this actually on his radio show, a lot of times when receivers come into the league, they come in as athletes Mm -hmm. and they're pushed to be a receiver. They're taught to be a receiver. They're coached to be a receiver. And they have those athletic abilities with them. Justin Jefferson is one of those rookies that comes in that's a receiver. Mm-hmm. He knows the positions. Uh, obviously, going to LSU, he was in a pro-style offense. Mm-hmm. And as he's mentioned, actually, on some radio shows as well, all he had to do was change over the terminology. And he's running similar concepts, the uh, ideas of the schemes of what they're running. It's very similar to things that he's run before. Mm-hmm. So he had a leg up already coming into, uh, you know, a Minnesota Vikings system, having played at Louisiana State. Um, but what just impressed me is, is how comfortable Kirk was throwing him the ball. Trust, absolutely. And those were the, the previous couple of weeks, we didn't quite see that trust really mm-hmm. shine through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jefferson, with his second career start here, really took the reins and and you saw that okay cousins is trusting this guy he led the team in targets mm-hmm. uh, part of that is Thielen was was covered pretty closely throughout the day and and a couple times was bracketed uh, with a safety over top and so that allowed Jefferson to be open but he he was able to take full advantage he showed that that trust uh, and his game is is something that I am very excited for and I, you know the the comparison to Randy Moss is as far as number goes, Randy Moss's rookie season. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be pretty close. Uh, it won't be far off with the way that he's playing right now. And especially like you just said, with the amount of targets that there are to go around with the absence of Stefan Diggs, and there's really no set wide receiver three. Um, I'm not sure about BC. He didn't even have a catch which is a little concerning. So if there's just, if you just have a solid one, two punch, I guess that's an okay thing. Um, I just, I mean, that's a good thing, I guess, for Justin and Adam, it is definitely vital for us to get some other players in the mix. Uh, You're looking at the receptions for the game, seven for Justin, and then only three for Adam. Um, So only 16 completions for Kirk all day, kind of concerning there to go back real quick to what you touched on as far as becoming from coming into the NFL as an athlete versus a receiver. Are you referring to route running skills, footwork, and just kind of the intelligence of how to read a defense and kind of sit in certain zone schemes? That's exactly it. It's, it's the football IQ of yeah. being a receiver. Mm-hmm. Each position has its own intricacies. Each position sees the game differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they'll view their area first and then kind of see the bigger picture. So when you're a receiver and, and you are not just an athlete, you're a scholar of the game in the sense that, okay, I know if I have to run a 10 yard in, yep. depending on if the defense is in a zone scheme or a man scheme, I have to have my release like this. I have to have my break like this. Mm-hmm. Um, the depth isn't going to change, but I might have to shut it down if we're in, you know, a Tampa two and we're dropping, you know, some linebackers back. Sure. My, my shutdown might have to come between my outside linebacker and my middle backer. Okay. Or if I'm in a man scheme, I'm going to have to break and I have to continue my way across the field because I'm mm-hmm. just trying to beat the man that's covering me. 
Yeah. Um, if there's a cover three, it's a similar idea where I know that I've got a safety. I'm probably going to get cracked, but I might have to beat a backer across there. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to have to grab the ball and hang on to it because I know that's, that hit is coming. Mm-hmm. And all of those things, if you can recognize early within the scheme and pick up on that, it goes into then the footwork that I've learned and practiced, mm-hmm. the, um, the knowledge of the route itself, the timing with the quarterback, and then being an athlete is just something that's second nature. It's just an afterthought because you're so prepared up to that point. Sure. Coming out of the draft, I thought you had four top-of-the-line receivers, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Justin Jefferson. I think coming out from a scouting standpoint, would you say that three of those are the established receiver if you will and not just the athlete and one of those the athlete being rugs yeah i think that's that's fair to say um mm-hmm. and that was kind of the the piece with rugs is rugs was an athlete mm-hmm. rugs had a ton of speed yep. and he was a guy that caught a lot of balls downfield by just outrunning a college corner across from him someone mm-hmm. that may not end up in the nfl some that are definitely going to the nfl and he was just a better athlete than them absolutely so rugs was was that guy that you know, he, he's an athlete, a team is picking him on potential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was the highest of the receivers, um, you know, that were taken. And, and that's, that has a lot to say with, you know, how Oakland views him within their scheme and the things that they can do with him mm-hmm. where, you know, they kind of already have a smaller shifty guy, a guy that's really a, a you know, a, a scholar of the game in, in Hunter Renfro. Yep. They've got a tight end that can work up the seam in Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. And they were really kind of missing some pieces on the outside. When you bring in Brian Edwards on one side, just a nice tall physical receiver mm-hmm. and a rugs on the other side, you've got yourself a nice little offense there with, with different threats at different levels. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how rugs pans out compared to as the athlete versus the three as kind of established receivers. Cause we've got, we already seen massive success from Judy uh, C.D. Lamb, and then obviously Jefferson in week three. Kind of going over some other stats from the game. Kirk with a not-so-stellar game, uh, a little bit better for as far as touchdowns and um, yard standpoint, 251 yards in the air, three touchdowns. Did have, unfortunately, two interceptions, though. On the other side of the ball, Tannehill, 321 in the air, only sacked once. I did have a did have an interception, uh, which was always always good to see. Um, had we had we had an interception the first two weeks of the year? You know, I have to go back and look. I yeah. don't believe so. We may have had one. Our um, cornerback play had not been too stellar. Yeah, but weeks. you know, Tannehill. That was the first time that he turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, true, and true, true. a really nice play by Harrison to just undercut a ball that was a little underthrown. Yep. Um, got a nice little return on the play there. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Tannehill ends with zero touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, a big part of that is they don't ha- still don't have AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been out for a couple games there, and uh, some of that came on for them was Khalif Raymond, but Khalif a guy that's just Raymond. a speedster. Yep. Uh, they use him in the return game quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, but he beat the Vikings twice on long plays. One was a sixty-one yarder. One was around forty yards. Um, and that helped him just get three easy receptions, 118 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Davis, who has actually really kind of come on this year, a guy that 
we've kind of talked about before a little bit, someone that needs to take a step up being the fourth uh, overall pick uh, in his draft, but he's coming on six targets, went five for 69. And Paul Charchian's guy, Johnny Smith, um, you know, he's, he's really the truth there. He's an athlete, um, a guy that's physical as a tight end, really, really smooth when he runs his routes, Mm -hmm. Uh, eight targets, uh, five receptions and 61 yards. But I got to tell you the one thing that um, on the Viking side of the ball, the interceptions by cousins, Mm -hmm. yes, there's two that get put on, you know, the stat sheet. The one was at the end of the game, a fourth and 24. It's a desperation throw. It actually was a really nice ball to Thielen. Mm-hmm. And Thielen made a great, you know, contest on the ball itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just lost the battle on the way down. And that was something that the Vikings were very close to converting that fourth and 24. Um, you're throwing up a prayer, hoping that things go well. And for Cousins, it, it did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first interception was interesting. And, I, and I'd have to go back and, and watch the film a couple times and understand the uh, scheme of the play they were running um, cousins was expecting Justin Jefferson to break out. Okay. Jefferson did a little uh, hitch route or a little semi into hitch route. Um, so he's turning now inside instead of breaking out cousins throws the ball, you know, Jefferson's wide open as you view it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are going to go ahead and say, you know, point the finger to Kirk, like, Hey, you missed him out wide, you know, whatever. Sure. It was a clear miscommunication on the play. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, you don't know if it was an option route and Kirk expected Jefferson to break out and Jefferson broke in based off of what he saw. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, I, I like to say that the quarterback is correct on that, especially mm-hmm. when I'm dealing with a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, you know, a mistake on Jefferson. It's one of his nine targets. Um, you know, if he catches that, it's probably only a six yarder, but that puts him up over 180 as far as his yards go and takes a, a cousin's interception away and the ball continues to move with the Vikings. So, you know, one interception was kind of just up in the air. The other one, not great, but cousins, the the turnaround that he had from last week to this week was, was just impressive. And, very good to see. Uh, you know, you got to see some some promise from him. Absolutely. Um, we will get off this game in a quick sec here to go on to some fantasy fun stats, including winners and then our surprises of the week. Just to finish off real quick with the Vikes, I was the only thing that has me bummed is Ben Lieber said this, and he said, "It's on the stat sheet. It's the type of game that you really do have to win. You force Tennessee to." kick six field goals they have new england's former kicker steven gaskowski went six for six had a hell of a day fifth banged a 55 yarder home accounted for 19 of their points you held so (laughs) this is going to sound a little weird off the tongue you held derrick henry to only 119 yards and i say that because sure he did have two touchdowns but his only his long run was 16 so we didn't have an 80 yarder just to break things open You had thing you you held him under. I mean, he's one of the best backs in the league. You held him four point six yards per carry, with the our very poor interior defensive line. You got to you got to smile at the end of the day. Keep your head up and say, "Hey, we did the best we could against one of the best big backs in the league." And you need to squeak out a win, especially when they don't throw for a touchdown. You you really do, and it's has me question honestly going further how can we win more honestly than four three four games if we can't squeak out these ones but 
I was, it's, it was good to see, you know, again, we're only three weeks in, don't want to make too many rash decisions and just not watch the Vikings anymore. Cause that'd be unfair to them, especially without a preseason. So we like, to your point, Kirk did look a lot better than he did his first two weeks. The team looked a lot better than they had the for a couple previous weeks when we just really couldn't get anything open or going and really didn't look like a football team, to be honest. And do you think, do you think we can continue to ramp up? I mean, we almost beat a good solid Tennessee team who are now, who's now three and oh, um, was this discouraging for you or more so leaves you optimistic for weeks to come? It, it definitely leaves me optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, we had to see changes made. Uh, we had to see people step up because last week against the Colts, it was a desperate attempt at football. Yeah. And there yeah. wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Uh, but this week, like you said, and, and like others have mentioned, the stat sheet looks really good. Mm-hmm. Two guys had career days for the Vikings. Two, it, yep. You know, Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 181 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 8.2 a carry, and he's got the ball on 22 of them, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you see that, too, the guy breaks off a 71-yarder. The guy breaks off an 80-yarder. It's, it's some sure. long run that really pushes him over. Mm-hmm. Yes, 39 yards is a long run in the NFL. But that also means that he's working for his yards – because he's not busting out 71 yards on one play. Correct, yes. So it, it, an impressive day by Delvin. Obviously, we talked about Jefferson, but you're, you're absolutely right. These are games that you need to come out and win. Mm-hmm. I'm provided with a little more optimism. Mm-hmm. My defense – or the, the defense still makes me feel very nervous if we cannot stop the run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're averaging – or the uh, – Derrick Henry there was averaging 4.6. As a team, Tennessee averaged 3.9. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's still, you want to try and get that team number down a little bit, especially if one guy's going to be, uh, going off on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like to your point though, I just get, we we had two guys who had career days. We averaged speaking of total rushing average, we had a a total team of 6.8 rushing yards per carry. So it's just, from a stats perspective, we had, all the advantages really. And we just couldn't execute in uh, what it counted. So you had a pretty much a disastrous end of the game. Uh, you had a fumble, you had a miscommunication um, there. So got to the vets like, I mean, Bradbury is a second year player, but Kirk, Kirk's got to make some miracles happen with having 30 million in his pocket every year. You got to pay him to sometimes carry the team on his back and win a game. But uh, yeah, I think, Going to Houston, we'll see. Um, do you know? We, do we have any news on Daniil? I haven't heard anything, which makes me very suspect. Yeah, we and we can talk about it more, um, you know, later on here. But mm-hmm. as as far as I know, Daniil still not practicing. Um, you know, and and I not much of an update to say. So we may be rolling with the same kind of defensive line, uh, you know, rolling into to Houston there. Gotcha. All right. Enough. Uh, I don't want to be too sad. So let's move on to fantasy winners of week number three. We had quite a great week for fantasy. A lot of high scoring games, a lot of high scoring affairs. The number one player of the week who he's back, ladies and gentlemen, his name is Patrick Mahomes. 
He is, I think his contract is $500 million. Is that right? Around there? Ballpark? Yeah, I think they're, you know, Russell Wilson calls him the, himself, uh, Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Is yes. that right? Yes, um, right? I think Patrick Mahomes um, is just the half billionaire. Oh, okay. Um, that dude is going to make a lot of money and he's making a lot of money because he puts up performances like this. Yep. Absolutely. And numbers aside, his performance aside, my favorite part about Patrick Mahomes on Monday Night Football. Okay, Ooh, I'm excited for this. Mom's tweet. What is that? His, what is his mother? Uh huh. <laughs> tweets at Louis Riddick and Steve Levy during the game. They pull it up. They put it on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. They'd been calling Patrick Pat Mahomes all night. Uh huh. She says. <laughs> Something to the extent of, I'm getting really tired of these announcers. My son is named Patrick. That's amazing. So oh, God, that's awesome. They uh, were joking around. They called Louis Lou for most of the, the uh, remainder of the game. <laughs> uh, but it, it, was, it was fantastic. But, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, lighthearted guy. Um, Super, yeah. You know, easygoing. And, and he's just such a likable uh, guy to watch. Mm-hmm. And especially when he puts up games like this, 31 of 42, 385 through the air and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those four touchdowns were to four different receivers. Mm-hmm. And then he himself had four uh, carries, 26 yards on the ground and one touchdown, which was a really, really nice play by him. Uh, forced the linebacker to stay on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, as he's running into the end zone. If the linebacker steps up, you know Mahomes is going to put it right over the top or right around him. So Mm -hmm. um, almost an impossible play for that defender to make. But uh, Mahomes knows that, and he Mm -hmm. takes full advantage of it and and got a nice little rushing score during that. How unusual is it for a player of his inexperience? I mean, he's been in the league for a while, but he's, I I believe, year four, year five. Um, he just seems so – he seems like he is playing in slow motion in, like, a great way. He's, I think he sees the game in slow motion, and he just, he just looks so calm and so composed rather than, unfortunately, our quarterback, who seems a lit, little frantic at times. I feel like just at 25 years old, he just turned 25. I feel like that is almost unheard of, maybe probably because he, the Kansas City Chiefs saw that and they gave him that – massive contract it's just something I don't think we've seen before in the NFL yeah he's he's a special player and I think the the piece that you have to come back to Andy Reid has been a great coach for quarterbacks for years yep Uh, when he was in Philadelphia Donovan McNabb became Mm -hmm. you know an all-pro quarterback there Mm -hmm. and now with with Mahomes he's a a special player um, special talent he understands the game so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's learning more and more and seeing more yep. of the game as he continues to progress. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I, I think just based on his athletic ability and his abilities as a quarterback, you didn't see this with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You didn't see this with Peyton Manning. You Correct. didn't see this with Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. These elite quarterbacks in the league right now uh, and, and of, of recent memory – you didn't see this kind of athleticism and, mm-hmm. and talent and savviness and football yeah. IQ all into one player. 
Mm -hmm. uh, this is the player of, of the next generation. He is For the sure. guy that, you know, as much as Lamar Jackson is, is a fun, fun player to watch, mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback through and through that can mm -hmm. do so much with the game. Uh, and so he's, he's a, a hell of a player to watch. Um, this game itself was just fun to see him pick apart a defense that's supposed to be the best uh, or one of the best defenses in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, and he definitely had himself a, a fun day. I going on the opposite side of the ball, obviously Lamar very, very surprised. He didn't have over a hundred yards passing. Did you see going kind of flipping the coin here? Did he seem a little out of sorts to you on uh, on Monday night? Yeah, for whatever reason, the Chiefs seem to be the Ravens. The Ravens as a team, I don't want to put it all Lamar, but the Ravens sure. as a team really seems to be their Achilles, their kryptonite, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. um, Lamar didn't really ever look comfortable. Mm -hmm. He even in, in in the running game, he was nine for eighty three. Um, a lot of those are coming on scrambles. They weren't designed runs for him. The few designed runs that he had, he kind of was a little hesitant. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what it was. He just didn't look comfortable. And when you throw the ball 15 times and you only, or complete the ball, pardon me, you complete the ball 15 times yeah. and only get 97 yards, uh, you're throwing the ball a lot underneath. You mm -hmm. probably have a number of checkdowns. Um, you know, he had a couple guys like Mark Andrews was dropping passes. Marquise Brown was dropping passes. Mm -hmm. uh, it just did not look like a night that Baltimore was playing their best football by any means. Um, mm -hmm. But they also just didn't look too comfortable, even while they're at home with a few fans in the stands. Sure. Yeah, I mean, looking at the stat sheet, you got 27 targets, um, only for 15 receptions. And with the... J.K. Dobbins led the team with only four receptions. The uh, interesting thing, they had 7.5 yards per carry. So the running game seemed to be pretty solid, but I, I would assume whenever they went to pass the ball, obviously not successful at all, only averaging 3.5 yards per completion there. So um, great. I mean, Baltimore is going to be a phenomenal team going forward. To your point, though, they seem to always kind of um, not – they always seem to underachieve whenever they face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Moving on, we've got another great winner, Mr. Alvin Kamara. Now, he did it, and not the way a lot of people would assume. He did it mostly through the air. 14 targets this past week with Michael, Tom, uh, Michael Thomas out of the lineup. Pretty phenomenal for him. Only six rushes for 48 yards. He had 139 yards through the air and two touchdowns. He had one unbelievable screenplay that it's going to look a lot better for Breeze on the stat sheet, but Breeze only literally threw the ball about eight yards behind the line of scrimmage to, uh, to Alvin and let him just dance all the way. I think it was like a 51-yarder. That was just a beautiful – he uh, waited for Eric McCoy to get out in front of him. Oh, it was beautiful. He – one of maybe the most exciting backs in the league when he has – the ability to catch the ball or have the ball in his hands 19 times during the game, uh, bringing home 38.2 points. He won some people, uh, won some people, some big money this past week, Danny. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Kamara's just a special player. Uh, he's a guy that was kind of passed up by a few teams throughout the draft process. Um, you know, there was some personal stuff that he had. 
Um, you know, he'd transfer colleges. And, and so there are a lot of things that turn teams away from him. Mm-hmm. But when the ball is in his hands. Electric. Electric. Anything can happen. Uh, 52 yards on, on the uh, screenplay. Oh, and what was wild is, and you mentioned it, his patience, he got by the first couple guys, mm-hmm. and his patience as, as Eric McCoy gets out in front of him, and McCoy is hauling ass there. Yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> his working arms were field, chugging. And I love to see that when a lineman is out in front of his running back. On a, mm-hmm. First off, it's, it's essentially like a screen pass, right? It was a little yep. dump-off play, yep. but it turns yep. into almost a screen pass when McCoy is working his way down mm-hmm. up front, really throws down a block where – you know, Kamara just has to move out to the right there, get mm-hmm. by the last defender, and 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 McCoy sprung that touchdown yep. uh, as an O lineman almost thirty yards downfield. So it, you know, an impressive day by Kamara. You're right; it's going to show up on the stat sheet as fifty-two more yards for Drew Brees. But you know, even without that, Drew Brees a, a fairly productive day: uh, twenty-nine of thirty-six, two eighty-eight, three touchdowns. Um, you know, the, the Saints were just up against a team in the Green Bay Packers that, man, Aaron Rodgers is a very good football player. And decent, he has decent, a yeah. fire underneath him, and it could be from the Jordan Love draft pick. It could mm-hmm. be the second year, um, you know, working with Matt LaFleur. But yep. this guy, 21-32, 283, uh, three touchdowns. He was only sacked one time, mm-hmm. making very smart plays. Uh, allowing his receivers to get open. Oh, and by mm-hmm. the way, Devontae Adams wasn't even playing. He and was he out. Still able to put up numbers like that. Fun fact for you: Alan Lazard and a human being by the name of Robert Tanyan. Bravo to him. Never had heard of him before this game. Six or eleven uh, receptions total nearing 200 yards combined for Lazard and Tanyan, they were both undrafted. So going back to the argument of if you play with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be a phenomenal player. I think, I think you might be a little bit better than you, than you would have been with a, say just an average quarterback. And that's to your point without Adams in there, it was, it was, he was a magician out there. It was great to see, Aaron Jones had a decent day, 16 carries, 69 yards for a touchdown. Uh, but when the ball is in Aaron's hands, no matter who is on the field at receiver, whether that's an undrafted guy or a, a third rounder like Jay Sternberger, he's going to get the ball in the perfect place, and all you got to do is catch it. That's absolutely right. And, and that's what's really cool about watching Aaron Rodgers and how he approaches the game and plays the game. He makes the players around him better. Mm-hmm you know, as, as good of a player as David Bakhtiari is at left tackle, mm-hmm. he is better because Aaron Rodgers is back there. For sure. So he can do things and have comfort and confidence in himself because he knows that the quarterback behind him is seeing everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. He makes running backs better where not only does, does Aaron Jones get to see less guys in the box because Rodgers' arm is so good, Rodgers also includes him in the passing game and he gets him outside and he plays to those strengths and allows Jones to be a, you know, the dynamic player that he can be. Obviously last week having a monster week, this week, a very productive week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all of that depends on that game script and how things turn out throughout the game for the Packers. So uh, this is a team to look out for. Um, Three and O baby. They're three and O they're probably going to win, win the North 
um, I would say with some ease, but you never know with Nick Foles and, and the Bears. <laughs> but um, the Packers are, are a very good football team. Aaron Rodgers is really good. Um, you know, and, and as, as good as quarterbacks are in the league, there's really one quarterback that, to me, is, is having just that MVP season. You hope he gets recognized even more, and that's our third winner of the week in Russell Wilson. That is true. A Seattle Seahawks magician himself, Mr. Unlimited, 36.8 points in week number three, 27 of 40, 315 yards in the air, and just a casual five touchdown day, zero interceptions, no big deal, just like it's your average Tuesday for him. Uh, six rushes, 22 yards as well, so getting some much-needed yards on the, on the feet there. Uh, Tyler Lockett, small guy, but good guy. Nine catches, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, I have DK Metcalf on two fantasy teams. DK Metcalf thought that he had a touchdown. DK Metcalf did not have a touchdown because of Trevon Diggs, a rookie who happens to be brothers with your boy, Stefan Diggs. Uh, if you were watching the game, it was DK was – Caught the ball, thought there was nobody. It was like a 50, 60-yard just huck by Russell. Beautiful. Would you say absolutely best deep ball in the game? Uh, he, he throws a deep ball that's one of the more accurate deep balls you're going to see throughout this, uh, this year, but throughout football in general. Yeah. I mean, this, this guy just somehow and, – and a lot of that has to do with the receivers being as good as they are, but, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's very accurate on those passes. Yeah, so DK catches this football that just drops from the sky and just kind of – just struts in the end zone, but on the two or one yard line, Trevon comes from behind sprinting and pops the ball out for a touchback. Brutal to see as a fantasy owner of DK, but hey, things it won't happen again for his career. So I guess learn when you're young, uh, Mr. Metcalf, but uh, phenomenal day for Russell. Speaking of (laughs) undrafted people, it's kind of the opposite in Seattle. They've got, you got Greg Olson to pass to, you got DK, just a monster of a human being at the wideout position. And then Tyler Lockett, who's a savvy veteran who kind of just seems like he's small, but he's just so shifty. He's not necessarily a Julian Edelman comparison, but he's just – the football IQ with him, I think, is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's and he's clearly the wide receiver one there. He's mm-hmm. 13 targets on the day. Yes, DK gets you know 10 more yards than he does, but – He's the number one guy there. He's a guy that they just want to feed him the ball. They'll mm-hmm. allow DK to have those big plays over top. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lockett with nine receptions, 100 yards, three touchdowns. Um, it was, it's funny. It's almost a, like a quiet monster day. Exactly. Those yeah. are, this is an absolute career day for Lockett. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of a little bit um, pushed down because, oh, here's Russell Wilson again. Mm-hmm. in consecutive games with five touchdowns mm-hmm. uh he is now the fourth quarterback uh in uh nfl history to have consecutive games with five touchdown passes wow he had uh That's he ties stack, dante culpepper <laughs> tom brady and ben roethlisberger as the only four players in nfl history mm-hmm. uh to have uh two consecutive games with five touchdown passes and uh, he'll be he'll be going for a record uh, this upcoming week um, for Seattle. Dallas uh, Dallas's defense too is uh, pretty formidable. Like they they're solid. Um, they've got a, some inexperience on the secondary, but 
to go against a Dallas team like that um, and to do what he did to them was uh, very, very impressive. We're going to touch on this game a little bit later in our surprises, fantasy surprises section, and we're going to go there now. Fantasy surprises, a.k.a. players who you didn't think were going to blow up and they probably won you the, the week last week. Numero uno coming in with 33, 31, excuse me, point three points. None other than Mr. Nebraska, Rex Burkhead. Yay! Six rushes, 49 yards, two touchdowns, 10 targets in the air from Cam Newton, catching seven of those balls, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, no matter who is in New England, they're going to get it done. It's, it's going to happen. It's a big time running back by committee uh, yep. piece in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, that's nothing that Belichick shies away from. They obviously have Sony Michelle, who was a first round draft pick for them, but they've still just kind of said, Hey, we're going to have this running back by committee piece. Um, JJ Taylor actually leads the team in, in rushes uh, last week with 11 for 43. Uh, Michelle broke a long one though. And so he was at nine for 117. but, Burkhead is the guy that is given the goal line carries. He's the guy that's really their red zone, almost their 30 and in player, mm-hmm. uh, which some teams will do that when it comes to their running back where Michelle is kind of the uh, anywhere from the 20 yard line, negative 20 up to the, you know, the 30 yard line mm-hmm. uh, when they're going in Burkhead sure. kind of takes over from there. Gotcha. Um, obviously they're mixing JJ Wilson in, but, mm-hmm. uh, Burke had led the team in receiving targets, which we've seen Julian Edelman be that guy Absolutely. as of recent, but when he gets more eyed and, and Burkhead is open out of the backfield, mm-hmm. easy passes for Cam Newton to make and, mm-hmm. um, allowed him to have his one, uh, passing touchdown on the day to Burkhead. Yeah. Uh, Cam still with nine rushes and 27 yards, um, not too efficient on the ground for him, but he is still running the ball quite often. So McDaniels is still using him kind of in that uh, running scheme and taking advantage of his size, which is always good to see. They're two and one and they're playing some pretty damn good football, which is again, so impressive that uh, that Patriots coaching staff was kind of able to adjust their entire offensive scheme for cam on the opposite side of the ball for Las Vegas. It takes me a while to get used to saying that. Las Vegas Raiders. Darren Waller, after a massive, massive week, only four targets, two receptions, nine yards. For the players that had been counting on him to put up uh, monster days in fantasy, definitely a disappointing week for him. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 16 carries, 71 yards, not much there as well. Do you think the Raiders, uh, they were 2-0 obviously coming into the game. Do you think it's too early to tell what kind of team they're going to be? Or do you think they got off to a way too hot of a start uh, to be considered a Super Bowl contender like some people did after two weeks? They have some talent on this roster. Uh, I think that's, that's first and foremost. Uh, some people are, are not really high on Derek Carr, haven't been high on Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr has been a part of the Raiders, and it's been hard for him to win in Oakland and now Las Vegas. But now they've really got some talent around him. Mm-hmm. And he's showing that he can distribute the ball. Um, you know, he was able to throw the ball to nine different guys throughout the day, um, getting a lot of his tight ends involved, getting his fullback involved, getting receivers involved. Um, and he puts the ball all around the field. And it really is kind of the whoever is open is going to get a football there. 
Um, their defense has some, some really talented players. Um, the guy I've been looking forward to watch for a long time has been Jonathan Abram. Um, and seeing him out on the field now, obviously I want, you know, he's three tackles, uh, on, on Sunday there, but I would like to see him step up a little bit more, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Cleveland Farrell is, is fun to watch Corey Littleton, a guy that, uh, new to the team and, and the Rams, uh, you know, a a fun player. LaMarcus Joyner is a great player to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've got some, some talent here that they can utilize. So Super Bowl contender, that might be pushing it coming out of the AFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they could, they have legitimate chances at being a playoff team. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if they can get eight, nine wins, um, they'll definitely be in that conversation. And, and, you know, it really shows that these guys in Las Vegas know what they're doing to turn around a team. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to see what Mayock does in the uh, years to come too, because I really have a lot of faith in him. Uh, moving on now, now surprises two and three folks, they could, I mean, probably not now, but <laughs> last week, definitely you could have picked him up off the street as a f- fantasy free agent. And then most likely one year week because of these guys' performances. So coming in at the second biggest surprise of the week, we got a gentleman by the name of James Robinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars running back got the ball 11 times ran it for 46 yards and two touchdowns also caught all six of his targets for 83 yards pretty explosive back um, huge huge thighs just like bigger than my entire torso so bravo <laughs> Mr. Robinson um, broke a lot of tackles he yeah he basically was the offense um keelan cole got the ball quite a bit as well so that was good to see i actually picked him up um he also goes by keelan cole senior which i found out fun fact for you and yeah kind of a a boring thursday night game not too much obviously because fitz had a fitz had a great day uh for miami but james robinson coming out of nowhere he could be a key piece for a lot of teams uh fantasy teams going forward here yeah, so obviously we all know that Leonard Fournette is now in Tampa Bay. Uh, he yes. was the running back one in Jacksonville. Uh, they, you know, took a guy in James Robinson, an undrafted free agent out of Illinois State. Um, you mentioned his size, 5'9", 219. I mean, just mm-hmm. a, a built guy. Yep. And he is someone that is, in my eyes, kind of reminding me of Maurice Jones-Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. a former Jacksonville running back, smaller in stature. Uh, but they have a lot of faith in him and a lot of trust in him, and, and they're feeding him the ball. 17 touches there, um, over 120 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he's definitely been someone that was coming on. And, you know, you, you, you wonder, is this just a guy that's having two nice, you know, weeks back-to-back? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, James Robinson has strung together three really nice weeks here, and so – uh, a surprise for a lot, you know, as far as him being on the waiver wire in a number of leagues, uh, but definitely someone to pick up, put him on your roster. He may not be a starter this upcoming week, but he's going to be someone you're going to want around as he's sitting right around in most leagues, the running back four up to the running back nine, depending on uh, PPR or not. Gotcha. Moving on to our last surprise of the week. Now, honestly, I did not know this player was an NFL player before last week. Mr. Cedric Wilson, a wide receiver from Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, 25.2 points, 
caught five balls out of seven targets for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Now, Dak Prescott, folks, to say his arm was a little sore on Monday, probably an understatement. 57 passing attempts. Have you ever thrown the ball 57 times, Danny? Not in a single football game, no. Okay. I have, like, sure, in the backyard with, like, a small little ball that you can just, you know, palm easily. But 57 passing attempts in an NFL game seems quite absurd, so bravo to Dak. Uh, Michael Gallup had a nice day, six uh, receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown. But Cedric Wilson coming out of nowhere and Mr. Dak giving him two touchdowns. Yeah, he definitely had himself uh, a career day there. Um, you know, someone that, again, was probably sitting on a waiver wire in almost every league that you are in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless you're in a very deep dynasty like league, he may have found a roster or if you're just a Boise state fan, or even if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, those are really the only ways that Cedric Wilson found himself on a roster mm-hmm. and potentially even in a starting lineup. But his, uh, his receiving day was impressive. Uh, he, you know, didn't have any targets any receptions, nothing from the first two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to come on like this and have seven targets, uh, two touchdowns on five receptions, uh, it's impressive. And it's, it's especially impressive when he's having to deal with Michael Gallup, Amari mm-hmm. Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott. There's all of these guys in front of him that are legitimate threats on this offense. Offense, pardon me. And mm-hmm. he's the one that is taking the cake as far as the big game fantasy wise for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Zeke only 14, oops, excuse me, 14 uh, carries on the ground, but having 11 targets. So there's, I mean, obviously one of the best backs in the league, so they're still targeting him plenty. Also that's good to see from a fantasy perspective. Um, and we'll see, I mean, Dallas, like you said, so many big names there, so many threats on the outside and one and two, I don't think really gives a good idea of who they are as a team. I think they'll be a, um, start racking up some wins pretty quick here. So, uh, well, that was a nice little fantasy segment. Um, now we got, well, I, I did want to quick say Justin Jefferson, 27 fantasy points, get used to that folks or knock on wood because I hope to God he can just put together multiple <laughs> 20 point weeks. Cause that'd be great for the Vikings moving on to our most popular segment, or I just like to say that because I like to, this is my favorite segment. So it is called Guess That Number. I give Danny a number, give him some clues. They may be a little too helpful. And he tries to guess what that number stands for. Are you ready? Do you have your thinking I, cap on? I am ready. My thinking cap is on. It's on and ready to go. All right. First clue. First number is the number 19 out of the LA Chargers versus the Carolina Panthers game. And 19 is going to be in the uh, receiving column, if you will. LA. What does and you that said, number? LA and Buffalo, right? Not LA and... Uh... Uh, not Chargers, not LA and Panthers. No, it is. It is the Chargers versus the Panthers. Chargers and Panthers. Okay. Chargers, Panthers. 19. Nineteen. What, Danny? What is nineteen? Oh man. So I'm trying to think here. 
Um, CMC is not playing. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is not going to be playing. That's correct. 19. So rookie, rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterback. Obviously a first-year quarterback in Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. On oh, receiving, you said okay. Because I was mm-hmm. thinking, I was thinking Mike Davis for a second with rushing, uh, receiving. I'm gonna need something else. <clears throat> okay, what uh, as a quarterback, being a new quarterback in the league, you're you're gonna look more towards people you trust, right? So Kirk basically eyeing in on Thielen and Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. right? So what is, uh, what is Herbert going to do coming in kind of new? Who is he going to rely on? Um, as far as Herbert's receivers, so you got, obviously you got Keenan Allen, so he's a, he's a trusted guy. And Mike Williams, uh, obviously Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Um, is that 19? Is that – I'm going to say that's the combined receptions for, um, we'll say, Williams and Allen. All right, good guess. Solid, solid guess. A little easier, though, because that's why I picked December because of this. Just shocking. I, I think you would have not have thought about this because it's kind of just, you know, not a thing for most teams. Keenan Allen had 19 targets. Wow. Yes. Him alone, uh, like not a combination there. Wow. Him alone. Wow. Him alone. He caught 13 balls for 132 yards and a touchdown, kind of a coming out day yeah. for Keenan Allen. Um, 19 targets, though, which was incredibly impressive. Next closest, Austin Eckler, who you had mentioned, 11 targets. Austin, I might have been uh, deceiving to you because obviously a, a nice running back out of the backfield is super nice to have that cushion for a rookie quarterback. But Austin caught all 11 balls, so that was good to see. Wow. Um, they're really using him out of the backfield, kind of the screen game, and especially getting I mean, a young quarterback, kind of his confidence up, just easy dip and dunk, like little completions, I think kind of gets, lets him get in a groove there. But yeah, 19 targets really caught my eye. Justin Herbert, rookie quarterback, 49 pass attempts, 330 yards, only one touchdown, one interception, but they're really putting a lot of faith in the young gun there, huh? Yeah, and I, I could be mistaken, but I do believe that's the most pass attempts by a rookie uh, in an NFL game. Uh, so wow. 49 attempts, and, and he was hucking it all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I got the uh, box score pulled up now. So uh, eight guys that he targeted, mm-hmm. which is impressive. Mm-hmm. But I think having Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler take 30 of those targets of the 49 yeah. – Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely know where he wants to or who he wants to give the ball to, where he wants to go with the ball. Absolutely. Um, but you know what, if, if you're going to throw the ball to a couple guys, those are two guys you want to get the ball to. Pretty so decent names there. Yep. It's, yeah. It's not a, not a bad strategy for him to be able to do that. Um, 19 targets by Keenan Allen alone. And, and again, you know, I, I look at the Tyler Lockett day, you didn't really hear much of Keenan Allen on the airwaves, you know, a quiet 13, 132 and one. Um, And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Carolina won their first game. So more people are talking about the loss of Christian McCaffrey um, and how Carolina was still able to win this game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and it was, it was impressive to see them put together um, that type of performance there and another team that relied on a number of field goals to win a football game. 
quick little stat that um, as I was kind of digging through this game, it was, it was like you said, it kind of went under the radar. Um, a player by the name of Jeremy Chin, who was a rookie out of Southern Illinois, went in the second round. A lot of hype on him. Um, same with Kyle Duggar, kind of some small school guys. Jeremy Chin's having himself a heck of a year so far. Uh, he had 12 total tackles against the Chargers, which is pretty crazy good for a rookie, uh, along with Shaq Thompson, who also had 12. So if, if Carolina is going to win some games, their defense needs to step up. They obviously have Derek Brown, uh, the first rounder D tackle there. And they've got Brian Burns as the edge rusher, but if they they got to keep, they got to keep teams, I would say in the teens, if not lower, if they're going to have any shot at winning just with the C- loss of CMC, um, if they're going to have some tally up some wins, I think it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And it's a, you know, like we said, a defense that has lost guys, mm-hmm. uh, but they've also acquired a really uh, nice player in Jeremy Chin and a few others on that uh, defensive side uh, that really could help them spring some wins uh, coming from there. And, you know, the hard part when you, your defense is kind of transitioning, I w- I'll just say in general, they're a team in transition, right? Sure. Your, your defense just lost its absolute go-to in Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. your offense is changing over to a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's new faces in that room. It's mm-hmm. a brand new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of transition that's going to go on. And ultimately what you really have to do is rely on your defense. A lot of teams, their defense is that, that staple that you can kind of always come back to mm-hmm. the nastiness of the Panthers defense hasn't gone away. They're Correct. still attacking. Yeah. They're still mm-hmm. coming downhill. Um, it's, it's what's, you know, that Ron Rivera-esque defense is is still present, right? The the Absolutely. personalities of those guys are still there. So mm-hmm. that's been a huge help for them. And, and Matt Rule stepping in, um, and obviously Joe Brady, they're only one touchdown on the day. They were able to yep. drive the ball, you know, do some nice things, um, you know, even on the ground game with Mike Davis. So they definitely have a ways to go, but uh, they're – it's, it's impressive to, to get a win um, against the Chargers, even without Tyrod Taylor. It's a, it's a talented team and a, a really nice defense on their side of the ball as well. For sure, for sure. All right, are you ready for clue – or, sorry, number numero dos? You want to try that one more time? <laughs> <clears throat> number – the second number I'm going to give there you it here. Is. Yeah, here All right. Um, speaking of dose, ooh, here we go. The number is – 22 and that number is going to be from the Detroit Lions Arizona Cardinals game and that number has to do with rushing 22 bum, bum, bum. Danny said Detroit and Arizona Detroit Arizona okay. 22 rushing I am just going to guess right off the bat. I'm feeling really good about it. Go with your heart. Uh, amount of Adrian Peterson rushes. That is correct. Ah. Rushing attempts for Mr. Ageless, Adrian Peterson, 75 yards on the day. They're just giving him the ball. It's incredible. He, he and, just, it's awesome. It's wild. And, and what's crazy about it, the team in the last two years – Two years, is that right? Two running backs drafted 
in the second round. Yep. Carry on and DeAndre. Yep. And who's the guy that's getting the ball? Future Hall of Famer, AD, Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Yep. And so, so 22 carries. I just got the box score pulled up here. 22 carries, 75 yards. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Carry on Johnson only has three carries. So there's one of your second round picks, 16 mm-hmm. yards for him. Mm-hmm. And your uh, second second round pick in DeAndre Swift, the guy from this year, has mm-hmm. how many carries? Zero. Zero carries. One reception. The guy mm-hmm. played, I believe it was seven snaps for Detroit on Sunday. Now Detroit ends up winning the game. All right. They do. Got the dub. So they got to win uh, against a really nice Arizona Cardinals team. Very talented Arizona Cardinals. And so y- you kind of wonder what's the role going to be for carry on and DeAndre while Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson is, is a downhill runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Stafford obviously likes that as he was 22 of 31, mm-hmm. uh, had two touchdowns himself, 270 through the air. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very curious to see how Detroit plays their running backs. And if it's something that we see AP being the guy moving forward and mixing the other two in there, if DeAndre Swift is more of a receiving back and they keep him in the slot a little bit, but uh, that should be a fun watch up in Detroit. Yeah. I think from a dynasty fantasy perspective, obviously having carry on and DeAndre, you're not feeling the best right now, but I would say just give it time. I mean, Adrian's, not going to live forever and he's not going to be a running back forever so it's just I, it brought a, a tear to my eye from happiness to see him get the ball so many times because I know he's still got a lot of game left in him so uh, we'll see if he I don't think he'll get a workload of 22 carries per game um, but I, I definitely think that's encouraging for them because like you said they did get the they got the win at the end of the day and he was a big part of that uh, real quick other fantasy note um, from that game DeAndre Hopkins still leading the league in receptions and yards, 32 receptions in the first three weeks for a total of 356 yards. Guy, doesn't matter where he plays, obviously he's going to be a superstar um, this week, this past week, 10 receptions, 137 yards, no touchdowns, but still um, bringing the ball in whenever he really wants and is absolutely the clear cut uh, wide receiver one in, uh, in Arizona. No, it's absolutely right. He's uh, he's a a big big piece, uh, mm-hmm. a very nice guy to have for Kyler Murray. Um, but the guy that really impressed me, you know, the numbers for Nuke, you're gonna expect those week in and week out, week out. Uh, but Andy Isabella, yeah, uh, a second yeah, round pick good. last year mm-hmm. out of UMass, um, mm-hmm. sixty two overall, mm-hmm. and he came in, caught all four of his targets. 47 yards and had two scores. Yeah, two scores. Um, so doing a, a really nice job. And it's a crowded uh, wide receiver room there with Kirk, it is. Keyshawn Johnson, Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's crowded, Andy Isabella is kind of separating himself to be the go-to slot guy. Uh, someone they can even flex out a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but is, is going to be a guy that I think Kyler looks to quite a bit more throughout the season. So, even someone that uh, a little bit of a surprise there, but someone you might want to look at as far as a yeah. late season addition, mm-hmm. uh, someone that can kind of push you through the, the later stages of the season and into the playoffs. Just got a, a, a name that you want to cheer for too. Just Andy Isabella, just like such a nice soft name really rolls off the tongue. 
I'm going to pick him up. He's probably already picked up. So I'm 0-3 in both of my leagues, so I'm screwed anyway. <laughs> um, all right. The third number that I want the semi-pro to guess is 42. Blue 42. Bloop. Sorry. Uh, numbers 42 out of the Denver game. Denver versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, also known as the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Numbers 42 describing rushing. Rushing. Give you a couple seconds to think about it. We need some background music here, man. We need some. We're only in week three of this. You you could throw that in during the edit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The amount of editing that you do to this. It, it is quite so substantial. <laughs> yeah. Makes me sound like yeah, um, rushing. I'm going to go. Uh, we know that the Brown, well, no, sorry. I was going to say Philip Lindsay, but Philip Lindsay is, is not the running back right now as he's. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Melvin Gordon rushing yards. That's really Melvin. the only thing that kind of comes to mind there. Okay. Wow. I would say that's a phenomenal guess folks. I'm going to give you a half a point. Because you are you are half correct. Forty two stands for the amount of team rushing yards by the Denver Broncos. Oh wow! However, yeah, yikes is right. Very weird game. So Brady, massive day, three touchdowns, three hundred yards over in the air. Tampa Bay though, only sixty eight total yards on the ground. So I don't know if I had something to do with the altitude in Denver or what's going on here, but the 42 yards, you're not going to win a game rushing the ball less than 50 yards. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting to me, I think on, on the Buccaneers side of the ball, I can understand that Mm -hmm. Uh, 20 rushes between Fournette and Jones. So, you know, you, you think about it, maybe a little light. They could they could rush the ball a little bit more. Um, Tom Carey, Tom Brady had five carries himself for zero yards. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking a couple of his little sneaks within there, but um, a couple of maybe design plays that he got a loss on. So on Tampa Bay, I'm not as surprised. On the Denver side of the ball, I am very surprised. I think a big part of it had to do with the fact that they were playing from behind. Uh, they were down 10 zip after the first, uh, they were down 23 to 10 after, uh, halftime there. So True. you come out into the second half and mm-hmm. you're really going to have to push the ball downfield, but you had also just lost your starting quarterback the week before you're mm-hmm. playing with Jeff Driscoll as your starter mm-hmm. and they're not relying on Melvin Gordon or Royce Freeman, uh, to run the ball really at all uh Mm -hmm. gordon here eight carries for 26 royce freeman two carries for four yards uh and then driscoll is as not having a great day and so they bring in brett ripen and a guy that he goes eight of nine his one incompletion though is an interception so again, they're, they're not rushing the ball. They're not establishing anything. When you throw in a rookie quarterback, you're going to be eaten alive by mm-hmm. the guys on the back end there. I've also got a fun, I was going to do this. This was honestly my alternate of guess that number. Mike Evans had, I'm going to call it right now. It, it, I didn't check the you know, Guinness world record book, but Mike Evans folks, Stat line of the day, stat line. You, you want this stat line week in and week out if you're not only a player, but a fantasy owner. 
two receptions. Big time. Two yards. Oh, that's huge. Two touchdowns. It's amazing. It's a perfect game. A, a long of one yard. It's a perfect <laughs> Just, game. Yeah, so Mike Evans has, has two routes on the one-yard line. Unbelievable. Um, they're not going to hand the ball to, to Fournette. They're not going to hand the ball to Jones. They're just going to let Tom Brady throw a little dink and dunk two-yard pass to Mike Evans, who, I mean, honestly, a great, great, great goal line receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a Mike Evans owner, uh, getting 13 points yep. when he scores two touchdowns, mm-hmm. Uh, is really really curious yeah it makes you think what wait, is that that's got to be that's got to be an error right right well it wasn't folks so good for mike evans hard day in the office for him uh real quick denver receiving core jerry judy speaking of one of those really good receivers in quotes not just an athlete coming out of college uh, nine targets so still getting looked at noah fant 10 targets out of iowa um last year he's just a I think he's going to have a phenomenal career in Denver. I, they're still getting looked at. I mean, there's those are the only two really fantasy guys that they got on their um, wideouts because your boy Cortland Sutton out for the year torn ACL. Uh, a man by the name of Tim Patrick had a touchdown. Do I know who that is? No. Am I supposed to? Maybe. Third active season out of Utah. Uh, could he be a little uh, little sleeper pick coming up here? He's yeah, going to be so their wide receiver three, yeah? Or yeah, he'll, he'll be their probably wide receiver two. Um, as far as targets and receptions go, he'll be down the list a little bit, depending on how K.J. Hamler does too. Mm, uh, rookie uh-huh. out of Penn State there. He'll yeah, come on a little bit more. Very shifty. Tim Patrick has kind of been a steady, a, a constant piece for them over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was actually the one, uh, if you remember last year, when the Vikings played the Broncos, oh, Tim Patrick was kind of – he played – um, Marvin Jones against mm-hmm. the Vikings where he oh, okay. big time first half massive uh, and you know you see this guy Tim Patrick when Cortland Sutton's sitting right there yeah uh, and, and Patrick was the one that had a big big day for them so uh, you know he's a guy that definitely came on last year mm-hmm. uh, they're going to look to him a little bit more throughout the year especially with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler he is the the old guy in the room right now. They have a mm-hmm. very young uh, core of receivers there, even with uh, Noah Fant put in there, still only a second round guy yep. or a second year guy, pardon me. Um, so Tim Patrick could be a guy that you, you know, if you've got a deeper roster, he mm-hmm. might be a guy where you can just stash and, and leave him there. And he's a spot play in a flex po- uh, position. Sure. Um, probably not going to turn out to be anything more than a wide receiver six or seven and that's probably even generous mm-hmm. uh so he'll be a, you know he'll he'll find himself on some rosters he'll be a guy you may want to play uh in a week coming up here but for the most part uh, a deep roster pickup if not he might be a waiver wire guy if you need someone uh in desperation love it absolutely love it all right folks it's getting late we're keeping you up late. We apologize. It's, we get on these tangents, and I just get so pumped up looking at these stats. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of fun no-name players that are just emerging um, just from, from nowhere, you know? I mean, you got Tim Patrick. You got some our boy Cedric Wilson, who I had not heard of before like a couple hours ago. So it was, uh, yeah, we're having a good, the, you know, the pandemic sometimes brings some light to some uh, people who may not have had that opportunity or maybe injuries, you know, but we're moving on. 
little uh, upcoming sneak preview of the Minnesota Vikings versus the Houston Texans football game. Not, uh, you know, some, what, what do they say, Danny? They say someone's O has got to go. And that's going to be this weekend. So two 0-3 teams. It's going to be a phenomenal matchup. Probably going to be spotlighted on every single major cable outlet. ESPN, ABC, NBC, Minnesota, Houston, bang. Best football game. They're calling it maybe the best football game in the past decade is what it could be. So we got Kirk Cousins versus Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, obviously a scrambler. Kirky, definitely a pocket guy. Two predictions for this game real quick. One, we're going to give the ball to Dalvin, and we're going to run it down their throat. I don't think their interior line is very impressive, and they have J.J. on the side. We're going to be scared because Kirk is going to get sacked or could get sacked a lot if we don't get it out of his hands quick. So it's going to be some short short routes and just establishing the run early. And I think we don't give up more than 20 points. I think, our, I think Zimmer rips into these guys and gets them going in our game on Sunday against Houston. And that's interesting. Uh, they have the over under right now at 54 and a half. Ooh. So expecting some scoring out of this game. Uh, Deshaun Watson has 792 yards through the air, uh, four touchdowns. Uh, Randall Cobb has 11 receptions and a touchdown himself. Um, David Johnson, new to the team this year, coming over from the Cardinals, mm-hmm. 35 carries, 134, and two scores. So mm-hmm. uh, having an okay start to the year, and, and you know, you want him to come on a little bit more. Um, you know, Houston favored, minus four and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, interested to see that spread play out because – I do think it'll be a little bit higher scoring. I think we're probably as a defense giving up closer to the 25 to 30 mark again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think Deshaun Watson is, is a player that'll just get some points for them. Just create some plays um, on his feet. Yeah. However, I do agree with you. I think Dalvin cook is going to be fed the ball. I think it's going to open up some of the play action. Uh, one guy I, I want to keep an eye on throughout the game. Who can I guess? You can go ahead and guess. This is on Minnesota's off- side of the ball? Minnesota's offense. Someone who hasn't gotten some spotlight so far? You got it. Mr. Irv Smith. I think this could be Irv Smith's breakout game here. I think Look it has that potential uh, with the way that we ran the ball last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph was kind of the tight end that got a lot more looks from Kirk, but – I think Irv could have a big day here with some spotlights going on to mm-hmm. Jefferson, some mm-hmm. spotlights going on to Thielen, some Love spotlights going to be on Dalvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be a time where Irv Smith has uh, has a nice little day here for Minnesota. We do need to feed him the ball just to see what he's made of, right? Like he was a high draft pick. He's got he had a lot uh, of a lot of people saying great things about him out of camp. And if we don't get him the ball, we really don't we don't know what he's capable of. So we got to give him a shot eventually. And to your point, I think this is a great opportunity for him. No, that's absolutely right. So hopefully uh, a win comes from either team because I hate to see what happened to the Bengals and the Eagles where you tie and no one gets a win. <laughs> That'd be uh, one of my least favorite things in the NFL. But yeah. uh, ideally that's the Minnesota Vikings. And if not, you know, we got to just move on and, and play the next week and – it uh, just feels like one of those years, but I'm going to try and be as positive as I can each week and 
um, we'll go from there. Houston could be our last true, true opportunity to get a win in, in the next couple of weeks. So we got to take advantage. Just get one and, you know, get some smiles on the faces of the players, get a win, and then uh, just go week by week here. So, all right, that was, uh, that was fun. You did pretty damn well on the guess that number. And, uh, yeah, that was impressive. You, are, you had your, your thinking cap turned out well for you today. So, bravo. I am Shlomo. That is the semi-pro. Thank you for tuning in this week. And we will see you next week.